Hey everybody, we want to welcome you to a special edition of Retro Reviews, where we are taking a look at one of our favorite shows here in what we are calling Dark Passenger, a Dextrospective. So uh, for those of you who have not watched the show, I am your host, Charles Kiewatz. I'm Robert Jokes. And our special guest... Hi, I'm Chris Harvey. And he's an alcoholic. Whoa. <laughs> so great show that we're looking forward to starting off today. For those of you that don't know here at Retro Reviews, we take a look at some of the best shows from the past that you should be watching, and we tell you our thoughts on them. So take a look at a great HBO favorite here today, the show Dexter, the good guy that kills. So now, Chris, you're a special guest here. You're the reason that we started this episode. So tell me a little bit about how you found the show Dexter. Um, well, before we start, I want I want to pull out something here that I brought specially for. Oh, oh he's going into it early. Uh, yeah, we're just. I just figured, you know, we we you have a, you have a right beverage. I have a beverage. Robert's lacking a beverage, but uh, my parents got these for me while Dexter was still airing. So this cool. is a uh, the blood slide uh, coasters here, and I'm going to do this so you can hear it. Because he always did that, and I uh, shut it back tonight. But we're each going to take these, even though you don't have a thing. And as you can see... This is some next-level like fandom so right here, here people. Go. So I had these on my coffee table at home. They've seen many a beer spilled on them. Any so, real blood spilled on them? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> He's got bodies in the attic, people. But yeah, so... Um, the, my fr a couple of my friends got me into Dexter. I think I started watching second season... Um, he just started telling me about it and, you know, described it. He's just, he's this serial killer, but he's a good guy and he works for the police department and you got to check it out. And when he first said Dexter, I was like, you mean Dexter's laboratory, which I'm sure a lot of people, <laughs> and I was like, and he's like, no, it's like way cooler than that. So he got me into it. Um, I started watching, I believe it was season two and we would all get together at someone's house that had showtime and would watch it every Sunday. So yeah. And I got hooked immediately. <laughs> For me, personally, I actually discovered it through a stand-up comedian. I'm a giant Bill Burr fan, as anybody oh, yeah. that watches the show realizes. And he has a bit in a stand-up where he's talking about raising a kid. And he's just throwing the ba baseball back and forth. And he's like, and if you kill anybody, you know, come to me. And we'll talk about it. And then we'll go right down to the police station. He's like, what, you turned me in? He's like, yeah, I'm going to turn you in. This isn't Dexter. <laughs> like, oh, he kills the bad guys. But uh, So, yeah, literally that the idea of like a, a guy that just killed bad guys was funny to me. So I, I checked out the show. Came in right at the season three premiere, right as the whole Prado storyline was really starting. And that's like it's handed out my favorite season but that's a storyline that got me hooked in quick because mm. it was this dude that hadn't really known anybody that was okay with his secret and finally find someone in prado and then the way that it turned but it was just it was the character development that they do so quickly mm -hmm. in these seasons like bringing in new people and immediately making you care about them mm -hmm. which is some like this is a show about murder basically so mm -hmm. to be able to do that was really refreshing to me now, Robert, how did you find Dexter? Uh, simply, I got it due to self-interest. There was a character with the last name Dokes in it, which I don't find very often. <laughs> don't find very often. There's like two characters named Dokes that I've ever found in television altogether. And so, uh, though he has a different spelling of my last name, it's still same said the same way. So I was like, I was like, oh, let me go check out this show, <laughs> and I did. No, it was it it got me hooked. Um, Immediately, because my friend was like, you know, you should watch this. It has a guy with the last name in it. I was like, okay. Do you know that uh, tying it into Get Your Geek On, do you know Diggle's in this show? In season yeah. three, he's the dude that the he, Skinner's going yeah, after, yeah, like the CI. Yeah, he's the he's the uh, Deb, Deb Morgan's love interest. Yeah. Oh, which Anton. I thought that was Anton, hilarious. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. I, I saw, what did I see him in the other day? I saw he had a his cameo, small role in some movie I was watching the other day. I can't remember what it was. Shoot. It was just, I, I saw him. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Anton. 
Like I haven't seen, I've never seen that yeah. guy in anything else, and I don't know what you guys are referring to. He's on the show Arrow. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. he's basically like the best black friend. Oh, okay, Aaron. gotcha, gotcha. It's like, it seems like every one of those shows has to have a minority best friend. Yeah. But uh, so with Dexter, one of the greatest things about this show was it had great story arcs. Most shows, like you, you center on like one or two great arcs. But I mean, with the serial killer notion built into this show, it really allowed them to explore some dark places, but also like this weird sense of justice that would come through some of these kills. Like I've never been excited to watch someone die except for watching that show. Like there were moments where I'm like, get him, get him, and like you just can't wait till he has him on that table. Yeah, and uh, it's and the way he would go over like their crimes, and the memories that it was so methodical. So, like, real life to me, I'm like, this actually happened. This writer's room is just recounting true stories. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a great show. I mean, it, it had great moments. It did have some really, really crappy parts, which is what we're going to have to peg the show for right here. And for me, it's, it boils down to these DNA slides. Worst serial killer ever. Like, I get <laughs> that he goes through all this to protect the secret or anything, but then keeps the single most testable, admissible piece of evidence yeah. for every single one of his kills. Yeah. Like, keep a piece of a flannel shirt. You can debate that in a court. <laughs> I can't debate the DNA results from your perfectly prepared blood sample <laughs> right? that you had yeah. waiting for the crime scene people to show up. Like, they don't even have to prep it. <laughs> At the same time, though, do you think that shows, like, his level of, like, arrogance and, like, ego for what he did? I think I think it has to have yeah. There's a, a sense of ego behind it like, because you can't be that methodical about covering your tracks and like that and then do something that blatantly yeah. obvious. That's like <laughs> Superman building a couch out of kryptonite. Right. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. But it's pretty I'm so sleepy. Uh. <laughs> really? Like, I'll make that last sleep. But uh, and then the whole dark passenger thing occasionally to me could get kind of weird. Like it sound it, uh, the way he would talk about the dark passenger, not only like it was a separate person, but almost the way he would reflect on it like a Bob Dylan CD. Like and then dark passenger, take me away, don't know where I'm going. <laughs> but it's just the little most, and then Robert and I were talking before air the horrible, horrible makeup job on young Dexter. Like see, when he when he and see that's. That's one of my favorite moments. The wig. It's just Those the are wig. like some of my favorite moments on that show. It's just the fact that We'll, we'll talk about it later, but those are some of the best moments. Like, totally 40-year-old Michael C. Hall is definitely only 14 in this scene. You yeah. can tell like it. Him, him with the, they have the wig on, and then I, I love when they show, like, his first kill, and he puts the thing on, and he, like, pulls it, and it just goes, like, around <laughs> his face, like, the big, like... You know, it was like yeah. a raincoat kind of thing. And then the the great confessionals, though, like that he's talking to the audience this whole time. There's always like that off notion, which I really like was cool. Yeah. But it's just the moments of like anytime you think he's going to find happiness, they find a way to rip it away from him. Mm. And it's one of those things. It's like, dude, you just want this dude to be able to have his little niche and murder people quietly in the <laughs> woods in Seattle and like make pancakes for his kids. That's all yeah. I want in this world. Is that too much to ask people? But uh, so as we work into our favorite parts of the show here, I want to start with our favorite season. Uh, now we got gr- eight great seasons of this show. You can debate the ending as we will when we get here. But as far as the season as a whole here, what do you guys think is like the the great season that you're going to hold up there as your all time favorite? Season four. It's got to be four. See, I go three. Really? I go three just because I th- like and trust me, I love the whole idea with John Lithgow's character and everything coming in and and Rita being killed and all that. But for me, I think it was. The buildup of him thinking that he had an ally, then finding out that person was against him the whole time, questioning who he could trust, what his motives were, whether he was doing things for the right reason, mm-hmm. and then ultimately coming back to finding his his morals and his ideas. Like, yes, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. I'm doing it for the right reason or what I believe to be the right reason. Mm-hmm. But Prado's downfall, too. Like, it was such a great snake, like a two-faced character that I'd yeah. never really yeah. seen before. Well, I mean, all the Prado brothers were, like, kind of iffy in general so when you saw that season it was like this you know one guy was really questioning questioning what was going on and trying to figure out what was, what was happening so when you watched each of them go down 
it kind of felt really cathartic. Um, but I think the thing with, you know, Dexter was showing him stuff about like how he killed people, how to dispose of things. And then I think the big betrayal was like when he saw what was happening. You know, it's like, what well, it was the the shirt with the blood too? He's yeah. like, oh, I'm giving you the shirt with the blood that proves me to be an right. assassin. It was really cow's blood the whole yeah, time, right. so he was just playing. Yeah. But I just I think the dynamics of that were great, and that was like, obviously I think I hold a little bit of a, a, a partial edge to it because that's the season where I came in. But it's also a great season for Deb too, and like her development yeah. over the series of the show, which is something that I think that that show is balanced really well. As much as this is a show about Dexter, it's a show about Deb just as much, which I think totally. is really great because it's two complete parallels that intersect at this sibling mm. cross point, and it, it's. Like, the, for me, the turning point is when she kills LaGuerta. Like, do you remember the previews for that episode? Like, it's just her crying, and he's like, do what you gotta do, and then they show the gunshot, and it was like one of those Mr. Burns moments where no one knew forever, like, how it was Because they ended the season on right. the gunshot. So, it, just that reveal for me, and then obviously her downfall, and that part I didn't really love so much, but season three, I just think it was such a great moment for all of the characters in the series. Nobody had been too traumatized yet. So. Yeah. Yeah, season four was... Because he was, you know, after after season four, after all that stuff with Prado, um, he was trying to find a normal life. And so he was trying to figure this, and he saw John Lithgow's character as the Trinity Killer and saying, like, how is he balancing all this mm -hmm. stuff? Which was the weirdest moment ever for me. Like, when he first goes to his house and, like, the family's there and shit like that, it was just, like, that weird, like, Harry and the Hendersons version of John Lithgow. Right. And I'm like, this dude is out killing people and then just making pancakes like Prince in a Charlie Murphy sketch. Yeah. Like, That's, I think that was some, some of my favorite parts from those seasons, uh, from that season, rather, is... Uh, some of the comedic things with him like there's that really funny scene i saw a youtube cut of it where he like gets out of the car and he's in a good mood he's dancing yeah and somebody like set it to music and he's just dancing over and over again and it shows like dexter's reaction or something but like some of those moments or like when he'll just say like a like when he's he finally figures out who dexter is and he's trying to find him and he goes to like the apartment where Deb now lives and but it's got Dexter's address yep. and he starts looking through the mail and he goes effing Deborah and just throws the mail down and like runs off like some of those like weird things like that were some of my favorite moments because it's like it's John Lithgow yeah. like you're just expecting him to be this like, yeah weird like dad or something you know I mean weird I dad that murders people yeah, yeah. really like that yeah. he is like the most weird character of that show for me of like the killers that we face and stuff like that what that's did you guys think about them like starting off so strong with the brother storyline I mean that's something that most shows throw in season seven or eight something like that they dove head deep with this well yeah. that that's that that was the one where because you you kind of get an understanding that he finds somebody that's the person who really really truly understands him not only from a point of like you know mind-wise, but as a fam familiar, like, this is his actual family. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, I think they did that initially. I think the reason why they did that initially was because they, they thought they weren't going to get a second season. And like, well, let's end it here. I can see that. My cheesy yeah. moment with that, though, is they do that that hidden sibling reveal that they always have where they've showed the shot of Dexter on the floor as a baby in the blood. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly just pan over. It's like, and he was here the whole time. Yeah, off yeah. frame. Like, it's like those little cheesy moments I love. But I think you kind of needed to have the brother storyline because it was him shedding that cocoon almost of, like, being weighed down by the family and the unknown and stuff like that and figuring out, okay, this is who I really am. And then right. you have the real Dexter going into season two. Mm -hmm. I mean, would you agree season one's kind of like a transformative season for his character? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd almost say to, to a point that almost all the seasons really are transformative. I mean, you yeah. see at the beginning of every one, he's like a different person than at the That's end. That's a really good point, yeah. You know, it's always like, okay, this is where I left off, and this is where I'm going. Holy wow, mind blowing. There really is. If you look at like the yeah. first episode and last episode, it's a completely different Dexter.
And I mean, you almost see that a lot with like the recaps. Like the one that sticks out to me with the recaps is, uh, I think it's before four and five, where they have not to get off topic from the brother thing, but between four and five, they've got that recap when like you know Rita dies, and then, um, or wait, was it between four and five? Whenever it was, when he's just like, I made some new friends, and it shows him like, like it's got that montage, and then it's got the montage of him like hooking up with like a couple of girls and stuff like that. And you're like, Oh good. He's moving on with his life. I forget. Maybe it wasn't four and five. Maybe it was, it might've been five and six. Never question yourself. I can't, four and sure. five. Maybe it's four and five. It. But either way. Yeah. It's, it, it really did. I feel like each, all of them, they kind of transformed him like, you know, Oh, okay. Now I'm a dad. Now I'm a single dad. Like now, you know, it's like now I've got a new love interest and I need to help that person kill people. And then he becomes a dad. You know, it's like always, he was always changing throughout the series, which I think is what made it so cool. Now, one thing I didn't put on our list here, because I just wanted to throw a little bit at you, improv, is this show had some great guest stars over the course of eight seasons. So basically, if you had to peg one down, and we're going to remove John Lithgow, because he won an Emmy for his. So mm-hmm. if you had to peg your favorite guest star of this show, who would it be? Me, personally, I think Julia Stiles. I think her coming in as like the victim girl and, and Dexter helping her hunt down all the guys that were in the ring that were after her. I, she's a great actress. It was one of her better roles, in my opinion, but I really liked her and what she brought to the show. Colin Hanks. Ooh, Colin Hanks. Tom's less attractive son. Like, huh. um, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I would almost say... Um, uh, I would almost say Edward's, Edward James almost, but, I, you know, I really actually liked Moe's Def. Most I deaf. thought he was great because he yeah. was like this cool, collected, you know, he had a like a tormented past, you know, was trying to be a friend, trying to, you know, almost like convert Dexter. But he just, I don't know. I thought he was a cool character. And I okay, remember what Yasin he, Bay, because that's his new is name. Is that, oh yeah, yeah he changed his yeah. new name. It's that's like right. Snoop Dogg. Right. Every six months he's got a new yeah. one. But I, th- I thought he was really great. So off the top of my head, I almost, I almost go with him, mm. even Good though, I, you know. Almost was ridiculously good. None of them are bad choices here. But uh, as we get into some of the meat of this show here, we all prepared a little list here. And I kind of want to curate your minds and see what you think here. So let's start with your top five kills all time in this show. Now, we're not talking killers. We'll get to that. Top five, Dexter putting it to people. So, Chris, we want to start off with you. You are the guest of honor here, and you are the super fan of this (laughs) show. All right. um, I think I got these in order. So So your kill and why. Yeah, so I'll go... go Five to one, as I think people like to do. Uh, I would say five. And some of these are kind of random. That's why I like that's them so the best much, part of it. Is the character's name? I guess was Norm, and he was the shady motel guy that he killed with a pitchfork, and he pictured Brian Moser doing it. Yep. And I think I really like that because it was completely out of nowhere. It was sporadic. It was kind of you know him getting his groove back, and the fact that it showed he was picturing his brother doing it. And then you see that it's him. I thought that one was really cool. And then, of course, he dumped him in the silo, and you just saw him sinking to the corn, which was really cool. Um, Four, I put Ray Speltzer, uh, just because I really love Dexter making fun of him. And I can't say the word, but he's screaming the F word, like, really loud, and Dexter makes fun of him, and then he, you know, stabs him in the chest and lets him get cremated. And, of course, he did it for Deb, so that was a really nice moment, too. Um, I really liked when he he offed uh, Walter Kenny, the tooth fairy, because he what just... What a weird killer. I know. But it was great because he, like, didn't let him... He was like, now my son's going to know what I did. And he was like, nah, no, he's not. You're just going to die a sad old man. Like, I was like, oh, my God, that was that was just chilling. Genius. Yeah. Um, and because, it, you know, he was worried that he was going to become him. And he kind of was like, you know what? 
screw this. I'm not going to become him at all. Um, uh, the the duo when he when it was Dan the dentist and the guy's name was Lance Robinson, which was the shrink wrap guy. So when he's running, he's chasing him. Yeah, he's chasing the dude, and he tackles and you him see down. The, <laughs> in the you know Deb and them are all coming. He's like, oh my gosh, he grabs him, and then he like kills both of them really quick. And then like Masuka describes it as like a weird like fetish thing that went horribly yeah. wrong, which was like uh, the funniest asphyxiation with shrink wrap. Like. Yeah, so that I thought that was really funny. And then I think my favorite one, just because it was so out of nowhere and showed him being human and uncalculated, was this guy. His name, character name was Rankin, and that was the guy that, right after Rita dies, right before the funeral, makes fun of Dexter in that boat gas station, and he just goes crazy and kills him with a ham of uh, the anchor. I love and, that shot too. It's like almost like Negan on the wall. Yeah, and guy. you see the the blood, and then he just screams afterwards, and you're like, oh my gosh, like he's feeling something. And then of course Harry shows back up, and it's just. That that was that one blew me away. So, am I the only one that ever questioned at points whether Harry was actually there? The way that they did the cutting of that show, like it, it blurs sometimes between the flashbacks and like when he's talking to him. So you, you like forget for forget because he was so present all the yeah. time. It, but it just it was a great dynamic to me, and I love the idea of like the father training him. They kept so separate from Deb, but. Uh, for me, I think one of the ultimate kills for me is the Deb kill. I think because of what that meant, it was kind of like killing the series. So it was like in because you really can't go back from that. Once she's dead, you lose ninety percent of the heart of this show. I mean, no one's gonna sit there because Dexter's a cuddly teddy bear. Like I see that guy and I just think I could fix him. You know? Yeah. But I mean, overall kills. I don't really have like a top five that I want to break down. I like the methods more than anything, more than the actual kill. I think that there's something more personal about the way that he killed each person rather than just, oh, I'm just going to stick. Like, you could almost see, like, people he didn't really care about, didn't have any grudge against, just a simple, like, stab wound, you bleed out, something like that. He would get vicious. Like, the more personal the relationship with the person he killed, like, the more intimate the kill was. Oh, yeah. Which is, like, that feeds into that whole side of, like, he actually loves killing. Like, it's just, you see these weird animalistic sides to somebody who then, two scenes later, is playing with his kids and looks to be, like, the world's most ideal father. So it's that dichotomy of, like, human nature of like that savage killer as opposed to like that nurturing brave face that he's putting on like it's all okay <laughs> but i mean robert let's get into some of your kills here so i have nine mine in no particular order uh lila west Ooh. that yeah because that's that, <laughs> that, that reaction that's like crossing borders it's like all this stuff she's hiding out in paris it gets this thing miami it's like and then next thing you know she's dead mm -hmm. um miguel prado that's uh, my favorite that was that because again that's so it was so personal. It's even the fact that he's like as much as Miguel flips out when Dexter's yeah, like right. I killed your brother, he still forgives him. Yeah, he's like brothers forgive each other. Like he's still trying to be on yeah. Dexter's side. Yeah, um, Oliver Saxon, aka the brain surgeon, because it's like I'm going. It's like I'm going to put this out, so I'm going to kill you with this pen. That was really great, <laughs> and so just bad. and just I love how he just did it, and then he it's like puts like, it down and just slowly like, like pushes the button, it's like, like no urgency, <laughs> and then they review the tape, and they're just like. Yeah, self defense, right? He's like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, DDK, and this is not necessarily Dexter kill, though. Dexter is essentially responsible for the situation, but Officer Dokes, the way he went out, shameless name drop. <laughs> Officer Dokes, the way he went out on that series, it's like you yeah. know, exploding. And I remember the season afterwards where they're like finding the body, and that's where Laguerta goes. Yeah, downhill from there. Yeah. But those are mine. All right. Now, one thing that we want to move on to here is our top 
episodes of all time. Now, we've gone over our kills. We've told you what we've loved about the show. Like, let's get into the meat of this here, people. You can only pick five. I want to know what they are. And, Chris, I'm going to start with you because I've seen your list, and it's good. <laughs> Thanks. Um, all right. I think I did these again once. Yeah, I think I did them once again in reverse order. So my number five um, was uh, episode nine of season six, which was called Get Geller. And that was the one that at the end there was the big reveal that Geller's been dead. We actually never really find out, I think, essentially the whole time. Yeah. Because I think that he kind of does a, a little bit of a time. Oh, well, he's been frozen for this amount of time and blah, blah, blah. But I'm, I, I can't really re- recall if they actually decide whether he did any of the kills with Travis or not. Mm-hmm. But that big reveal that he hasn't been around and that he's been helping Travis and Travis has been killing all these people mm-hmm. is like one that was one of my like oh my god moments mm-hmm. of the show i just couldn't believe it um so that episode was amazing um the uh there was one on season 7 episode 12 which was called surprise uh mother effer <laughs> and that was uh that was the last episode that was the um that was the Laguerta. that's the the slope of the series man it's all downhill yeah there. so that was the one that was the the LaGuardia kill, and I just loved all the stuff they did with Estrada, where it was like they showed up and there was just the chainsaw just on and nobody was there and he ran out and he gets like, you know, he he gets attacked. And there's so many great moments of of that episode. And then that after the kill, just Deb and Dexter walking through the New Year's Eve thing down at like the carnival in the water and them just being miserable and everyone else is like celebrating. It's just, it was a great moment. Um Left Turn Ahead, which was uh, episode 11 of season two, which we just talked a lot about. Dokes where, dies. Yeah, Dokes, Dokes dies. But I think my favorite parts of that were when Dexter is deciding he's going to turn himself in. And he, like, goes out on the water. And he says, I just, you know, I think he's talking to his dad maybe. And he says, I just want them to have one one more good day. And he t- goes out with the family and, like... And then all of a sudden, he finds out that he's he's free, essentially. And that that moment was was great too. Um, season four, uh, episode eleven, which was called "Hello, Dexter Morgan," and that's when Arthur Mitchell, the Trinity Killer, finds out who Dexter is. Also, that's when Christine Hill confesses that she shot Lundy and Deb and kills herself. And that was it was just a lot, but that final just line of Hello, Dexter Morgan. When he just walks in and looks at his laminate, the POV shot, it was just, that that episode was amazing. And then uh, my number one uh, was oh, The Getaway. Episode of the whole series. It was horrible. So that is a episode 12, season four, <laughs> Trinity Killer kills Rita after Dexter finally gets him there. He thinks he's doing the right thing. They're about to go on this wonderful trip. Mm-hmm. And he gets home and she's gone. And it was just devastating i know i robert i was talking to you about it or and shock actually when we were talking about doing this i went into work where i worked at the time and a bunch of the other employees watched the show and we it was all like we had all lost like the closest person to us it was you felt so attached to that character and you just went in and everyone was just moping around. And it was also like that fear of like, whoa, you just took his one branch to humanity. Right. What is he going to lose happen? it? Yeah. yeah. Like, are we going to get unhinged, Dexter? Yeah. yeah. 
That's a that's a killer list, man. Great I, episode. I, I thought a lot about it. It was I don't tough. think that there's anybody <laughs> that can top the the getaway episode. I mean, that is just such a pinnacle for the series. Oh yeah, Robert. You're up next, man. Try to follow that. Uh, well, Pryor uh, just killed it. Now you got to go yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my, if I'm gonna go in reverse order. So uh, the pilot, because I think that just sets it up. It, it sets up the character so well um, on where you're going, and just kind of gives and explains. This is who Dexter is, and then we see his, how his character grows. Um, my bad, season five, episode one. So this is after Rita's died, and it goes into. The guy that he kills in with uh, with the anchor. That's <laughs> just that. Oh, right after like because he's a man in panic. You like you can see that clearly he is trying to keep it together, but this is not. He just can't. I just like I love that moment more than like as sad of a moment as that is. I think we can all attest as men we've had that moment where you're like, if you say one more thing, I swear to God, I'm going to beat you to death with a boat anchor. Like it just <laughs> like, not exactly that extreme, but just that moment of like, just say something else, yeah. say one more word, and then you just lose it into that primal state. But just seeing that, it was a man just broken down to his core. I mean, and it's not fun to watch. Like, think about that. That episode is hard to get through. I still avoid it. No, like, when I go back through the series, I don't is, watch it. It is super 12. hard to get through. But, like, the idea is, like, you're trying to, like, you know, this is a character you've grown with. And now he is, you know, like, outside of Deb, you know, which is that entire thing. Um, when you get to this particular point, like, this is the other, his other human link. He, you know, uh, Rita and the kids have been his entire life. And to see, you know, he's life just kind of fall apart after that and then to see his family break down and all the things that are about to happen he's you, you you're like oh crap what's gonna happen that episode is like a colonoscopy man you don't want to do it but you got to and yeah. you just hope that it's over fast uh for three is remember the monsters so that's the series finale yeah um arguably one of the most loved and or hated episodes yeah, in tv like, history yeah it was just remember the monsters that uh after all that and you're like Oh, how does this going to end? And it ends. It's not. Everybody wanted this cookie cutter, like make you feel warm and fuzzy yeah. ending. And I'm like, that's not what this it's show no, was. And that's in that that his like, if you think like this if is gonna any be killing Rita told you like this dude's never going to have a happy ending. So uh, the the thing is with that too. It, you know, we we talked about it the other day. Is I, I was watching. Um, you know, when I was trying to pick some of my moments. I was you know googling stuff, and I watched some guy talk about the finale, and he was talking about. You know, well, the problem is, is in shows like this, you either need to kill the main character or he needs to live happily ever after. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense for this series because, you know, people say, oh, well, they could have ended it with him riding into the hurricane. He never would have committed suicide, no, ever. Not. His This whole series is about self-preservation and not getting caught. Why would he just go, ah, you know what, screw it. That's and why would he go out in like that lame-ass way, too? Dexter yeah. would go out badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... I've yeah, that was that was a hard episode because like once you see him drive off and uh, like I was like, what's gonna happen? Obviously, um, you know he's gonna get away, but how is he? You know what kind of person he's gonna be afterwards? And that time where they're showing him, he's just this logger sitting there and lumberjack Dexter. You know that that zoom in is just like boom. Now he gets to kill people with axes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the second episode would be the British invasion, episode twelve. The Lila West kill happens because it's just like that chick is like, you know, Dexter goes through these things where, like, that is your crazy ex girlfriend right there in a nutshell. Um, she, you know, she nearly burns down his apartment and nearly kills Rita, goes through all this stuff. Uh, and 
And then my number one is the same as Chris's The Getaway. That was just like... Lame. Copycat. Simpsons did it. <laughs> but uh, so as we wrap things up here, I want to wrap things up with our favorite overall moments from this show. So many to choose from. Eight seasons of great television. You got to narrow it down to five. I'm going to start with you, Chris. Give us your top five. Dexter uh, moments. I think my, my top five, I'm going to do reverse order again. Number five uh, is when he totally just plays dokes and gets him suspended and they're in his office and he's you know he confronts Dexter about something and he you know he says something about like you got to remember I'm always one step ahead of you and he says like blah 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 and then he just says I own you and he just headbutts him so hard and I mean great job on the foley on that one too guys because like the sound it just sounded brutal like I was surprised he just wasn't gushing Blood, and then he walks out and he gets tackled, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, Dokes has lost his mind," and he gets suspended. Um, that moment is great. Uh, let me see. I don't know. You know what? Maybe I don't have these in the right order as I'm going down. But, anyways, one of my other favorites was the "Are you a serial killer?" question from Deb when he walks in and his his condo is torn apart. And you see, like, particularly, like, the hand with, like, the marker on it. And she's just staring at him and asking him that question. He drops his bag and just says, yes. I just I just felt like, I mean, she obviously got sick to her stomach, as you see in the next episode right away. <laughs> Runs outside. But I was like, oh, my God. Like, how, how did that just happen? Um, that was the one thing I honestly thought they would keep secret the whole show. I ne- like, the way that that show started off, I never thought she was going to find out. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's so close so many times. Though. Yeah, it was like so it was one of those things that if he got away with it again with her, it would have been unrealistic. Yeah. Like the like right away with with Ice Truck Killer, like them in the same room, her like half sedated, like kind of remembering stuff, not getting it. You know, the thing with Lumen the behind the curtain. I was like, oh, my gosh, really? Like they can't do that a third time. Um, one of the really one of the ones I thought was really funny that I just loved was. When he goes to his high school reunion, the first first part of that, so not like the second day, I think it was, but the first day where he's talking, he's talking to Harry in the bathroom, like after everyone's trying to talk to him, and he's looking in the mirror, and he realizes he's popular, and then he goes out, and he's like bragging, he's got his beer, and then he's dancing, and he's like dancing, he looks over, and Harry goes, and gives <laughs> him the thumbs up. I laughed so hard at that part. It was just amazing. Um... <laughs> I'm just replaying it in my head. I know. It's totally it's, that approval dad. I'm like, you did good it, job, son. son. It's so funny. Um, one of the other ones I really, really liked is when um, he's at he's at the Mitchells' house and Arthur goes bananas and he starts and he starts hitting the son, I believe, and Dexter just grabs him and pulls him into the kitchen and he just. He just pulls a knife out and he just goes, I should have effing killed you when I had the chance. And the family walks in and he's like, uh, uh, and he like puts the knife away. It's like that moment too. You just, Trinity finally sees his true character and you're like, it's like that terrified. alpha recognizing another alpha. Oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, this is what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, and then one of my other ones, I already went over it. It was just that the kill with the anchor in That's the like boathouse. The, the ultimate like Dexter kill visual, in my opinion. Just that swinging anchor. Yeah. Cause it's just, he's just like, crazy and is he's getting hit with with the blood and just and then the moment where he's just 
you're like a little kid yeah. and then he just screams, you're yeah. like, oh my god. That moment like is one of I know it's a hard episode, like we said, but it's one of my favorite moments in the whole series. Now, Robert, that's a killer list, my friend. You gotta take us home with some strong, strong action. So let's see what you got here. So one of my favorite moments is uh Deb, I'm the they harbor he they harbor butcher. So he goes to the sea, he's trying to tell Deb he's cooking steak, he's like this. It's like Deb, I'm the Bay Harbor Butcher. And it's like and she starts choking on the steak. And it's like, Deb, I'm the Bay Harbor Butcher. Get on the ground. Or Deb, I'm the Bay Harbor Butcher. Get shot in the head. Takes shot head. And he's he's going through these takes in his head. Um Matsuzaka, Matsu. Matsuda. Yeah. Matsuda. Anything that Matsuda says is just absolutely hilarious. Cause it's like oh, yeah. it's just you can see he's oversexed over his like he's just like this horny all the time. It doesn't matter what the situation. I love he brags about it too. And like anytime about, he gets laid, like it's, like it's like just brags about it. Just trying to bring he was that levity to the like a seriousness of a crime. Scene. Which is, yeah, it's a weird thing to weird bring thing. it. But the thing is, that, and surprisingly, like, if you watch the commentaries on that show, they talk about his character, and he was like, we interviewed like a lot of CSI, and they're morbidly hilarious people, yeah. like dark sense of humor type stuff. So they they rip a little bit off of that. But I really like that show. But let's see what you got here robert i mean last one turn is, it up my friend the last one of the flashbacks yes it is the the funniest moments for me in this entire series are when you have adult michael c hall in the fair flip wig <laughs> and uh jennifer he could do herbal Garner. essence commercials yeah, with jennifer, that hair yeah jennifer. You're right yeah mm, no that doesn't happen. that's uh, but uh, Deb in this like completely acting like teenagers in adult kind like a right. complete adults acting like teenagers. We're totally not forty. Yeah. <laughs> well, just with like hilarious hair, with like hair. hilarious haircuts. Like she's in the braces. You and see then that like, weird yellow filter over the camera yeah, to like, like let you know it's the past. Yeah. It's like it's like what is going on? And that's how and like you're like. Dexter, that's how Dexter sees herself in his mind. Yeah. I actually had to say that once to my girlfriend. She was like, what's going on? I'm like, it's tinted yellow. Can't you tell it's the past? <laughs> right? Duh. Everyone knows so that. So that, those are my favorite moments. But, I mean, man, it's the, it's not really the killing. It's just like the the levity and the humor that comes in uh, with, like, some of the serious stuff where, you know, where, like, where you see Dexter kind of being a person. For me, it's like the, it's that weird chase. Like it's always like Dexter's like this dude that's just killing people, and he's got these annoying little lizards of people that want to figure out his identity. Uh, get off me, dokes! Like get out of here! Like just swatting people away from his scent, which is like that's a weird thing over the course of that show. How many people come close to figure it or do yeah. figure out? Who he is? It's like, like, look at Luguerta at the start of the series. She's like all in Dexter. She's she actually, like all in hitting his, on, uh, him. on him. And she like, wanted to, the Dexter D. Like, yeah. and then to getting to the point where she wants to like. You know, she loses her mind after all this and is like, you know, I got to remember James Stokes and like, oh, go on all that. And she just getting to that point and where she gets dies. She's like, I know you're a good cop. Deb, I know you're a good cop. He's a monster. Put him down. Yeah. Well, needless to say, this Halloween I'll be cosplaying as everyone's favorite dark passenger. I don't even know what that is because we never. <laughs> what is your opinion? Like when you think of the dark passenger, what comes to mind? Uh, I always think that Harry's his dark passenger. That's always how it comes off to me. I mean, like, that's just, you know, like, it's that. You know, to me, it's very, like, Gollum-esque. Like, I think of it that way. Like, the Gollum, like, they killed him. Kill the hobbits. Is like, because Harry's, yeah, kill the hobbits is, but it's like Harry is the one who's kind of egging him on or at least talking to him about But even it. when Harry's egging him on, he's, he's still, like, that moral compass. Moral trying comp to so it's a very like, weird, it's like. It's like, the idea is, like, it's like. Harry, it's 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 like a suicide counselor being like, if you're gonna kill yourself, make sure you do it in a way where you don't go to hell. You know, people right. get hit by cars all the time. Uh -uh. Like, yep. But uh, um, so 
I mean, Chris, you got to wrap this up here, obviously, but we want to get into just if you could sum this show up to people that haven't watched it. Here's like your 30 second pitch of what you loved about the show and why people should tune in. I, I usually, whenever I talk to people about it, I lead him just like, it's this guy. He's a serial killer, but he's a good guy. He only kills bad people, uh, and he works for the police department. He he works in blood. He's obsessed with blood. He vets all these killers, and he, I I I just I I don't know. I get way too excited when I talk about it. I I know I was talking to to uh, Kim about it the other day, and I was I was just like. Yeah, it's great. And there's this guy, and his name's Dexter, and like he, you know, he he kills all these people, but but he vets them first, so it's okay. And you know, uh, you see, like he gets a family, and then like his brother's a bad guy too. And I just like kind of just start blabbering because see, my, I, I'm such a fanboy. So I don't even know if I could make a good pitch. My elevator pitch <laughs> basically is like imagine an R-rated Law and Order SVU where the guy didn't get away with it at the end. Because every one of those Law and Order episodes, they always get off on a technicality or some weird thing. And they have that like smirk as they walk away, like I did it. And then just as that scene cuts, that Dexter episode opens right. where he cracks that dude in the head and then shrink wraps him and murders him. Yeah. Mine is like CSI with more murder. <laughs> CSI plus murder. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I really liked. Because before I sh- saw this show, I was a big fan of CSI Vegas. The only one that, yeah. in my opinion, well, uh, matters. Before William Peterson left, once he left, that show was yeah, garbage. Yeah. But like David, you know, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. he ran out of milk. <laughs> yeah, like, ding, ding. yeah. Who got a lot of money on that? Um, but yeah, I, that's what. There was parts of the show that really brought in elements that they use in that show. With you know, aside from uh, you know, very detailed things in terms of like the body and like autopsy and stuff like that. I always find that kind of stuff interesting in shows when they do it really detailed. Um, and uh, I know some some of my friends couldn't watch the show because of that. <laughs> they just don't like that kind of stuff. They're like, oh, I can't watch it. But um, I, I that's something I definitely really liked uh, is is that it, it took from some of the other shows that have like crime and murder and you know yeah. things like that. Am I the only one that thinks Michael C. Hall's casting was integral to this show? Like, do you really think that you could picture anyone else in that Dexter role? He looks like that type of dude that like he's looking at you right now. Like, yeah, things great, but inside his head, he's picturing how he would cut you apart. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because he was fresh off of six feet deep and uh, or six feet under, six feet under, yeah. six feet under, and that was an interest. Like that was one of his. Him and Peter Krause were like some of the most interesting characters on that entire show. Put um, it this way: if you were walking down the street at night and he was on the street, would you cross the street? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it would depend on his on his face because, like, you know, he he would have that thing where he just like smile and nod and offer you a donut, and then you see him just change. You know, like you said when the when the dark passenger is driving. You know, he he like he just completely changes. Um, I can't imagine anybody else playing the role. Like I can't think off the top of my head. Like oh, you know what? Well, maybe they could have cast this guy. You know who I heard and I had to throw this one out here. Someone said Gary Busey in the online comments. Yeah, you would know right away that guy was a serial killer. <laughs> I always assumed he was. He's Gary not. Busey. Like, yeah. He's an actual serial killer. Yeah. But yeah, so I think that's going to wrap things up for this show. We are obviously all huge fans of Dexter, so make sure that you check it out. It's available on demand and on DVD. So for this week's episode of Retro Reviews, our Dark Passenger Dextrospective, I have been Charles Kiewatz. I'm Robert Tokes. And I'm Chris Harvey. Make sure you guys check it out on demand on YouTube and on Geek Vibes Nation. Have a week, guys. Right.